Good morning, church. So good to be with you. I love Easter Sunday. It is one of the, the if not, if one of, if not the most important day in the Christian calendar. One of the most important days for Christians all around the world. You see, on the morning of Good Friday, Jesus suffered under Pontius Pilate. He was sentenced to death. He was nailed to the cross. All that happened on Good Friday. And then on the afternoon of Good Friday, while Jesus hung on the cross, he uttered his final words as he took his last breath. It is finished. And then this guy named Joseph of Arimathea, with Pontius Pilate's permission, takes Jesus' body down from the cross and puts Jesus' body in the tomb. And a large stone is rolled to, at the entrance of, to seal the entrance to the tomb. And all that took place on the afternoon of Good Friday. But death and the grave could not hold Jesus For on the third day, on Easter Sunday, Jesus rose again. And that is what we celebrate this morning. Did everyone get to file your taxes? Yeah? Kind of a weird segue, but I'm getting there. April, I have a few um, friends that are tax professionals. In fact, I mean, how many of you guys filed your taxes in like January or February or March? All right. Well done. Just two or three of you. Yeah. And then how many of you postmarked your taxes on April the 15th, the very last day? Ay, ay, ay. And then how many of you still have to do your taxes? Don't raise your hand. Well, I have um, these tax professional friends. And April was a crazy month for them. They worked long hours. They worked day and night. They worked on weekends. They hardly had any sleep. They drank a lot of coffee. Now, what do you think these tax professional friends of mine did on April the 16th? Yep, they... They slept in. They probably took the day off. They probably took the week off. If I were them, I would probably take a vacation. I would go on a cruise. I would fly to the Bahamas and I would sip some margarita on the beach. Maybe minus the margaritas. But I would be on the beach at the Bahamas. I would do something, anything. Mission accomplished. Laters, dude. I'll see you when I see you. Now, you would think that Jesus, after enduring Good Friday and Easter Sunday, if anyone deserved a vacation, if anyone deserved a holiday, it would be Jesus. I mean, 
Jesus suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and he was buried. But on the third day, he rose again. Now you would think that Jesus, if anybody else deserved a vacation, it was Jesus. But he didn't take a vacation. In fact, that Easter Sunday, take a look at what Jesus did. And this is found in Luke chapter 24. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to Luke chapter 24. And we're going to start in verse 13. It's kind of a long story, and so, but I think it's a really, really cool story. And so I hope um, you enjoy this story here. Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 13. It says this. It says, Now that same day, two of them, which means two of Jesus' disciples, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus. And it's about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. And so there's these two disciples of Jesus, and they're leaving Jerusalem, heading to this village called Emmaus, and Jesus shows up. And this is, this is happening on the first Easter Sunday. And Jesus shows up. But these two disciples, they don't recognize that it's Jesus They think that he's some tourist, that he's some visitor to Jerusalem. And so let's take a look at what happens next. Jesus asks them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? And take a look at what the text says next. It says, They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, Asked Jesus, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And take a look at Jesus' response. If anybody thinks that Jesus doesn't have a sense of humor, they don't know Jesus. Take a look at how Jesus responds. He goes, Like, what things? And then, take a look at what that these two disciples say. They say, about Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be, put to, to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. And then take a look at what happens next. It says, he, they say, but we had hoped. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't see his body. So they came. And they told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said that Jesus was alive. 
And so some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as, the, just as these women had said. But they didn't see Jesus. And so Jesus said to them, and they still don't know it's Jesus. Jesus says to them, how foolish you are. How slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Verse 28, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus fakes them out. Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, Jesus, stay with us. He didn't know he was Jesus, though. Stranger, stay with us. For it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So Jesus went in to stay with them. And then, when Jesus was at the table with them, he took some bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized Jesus and Jesus disappeared from their sight. Then this is what they asked each other. Were were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. So it's Easter Sunday, and two of Jesus' disciples decide to hit the road. They can't stay in Jerusalem any longer. Just Jerusalem is where Jesus was crucified on the cross. It was, it was at Jerusalem where Jesus was buried in the tomb. And it was in Jerusalem where now his body is missing. And they can't stay in Jerusalem any longer. It hurts too much. Take a look at verse 17. It says this. It says that their faces were downcast. They were depressed. They were discouraged. They were disillusioned. There was a sense of defeat. And then take a look at what it says in verse 21. It says that they had hoped. Past tense, they had hoped. But now they don't have any hope. They've lost all hope. There's this overwhelming sense of hopelessness. They can't believe what has happened to Jesus And they're in pain. They're broken. They're grieving. They're overwhelmed with this sense of hopelessness. Their their faces are downcast. And so they can't stay in Jerusalem any longer. It hurts too much. And so they decide to hit the road. And while they are walking on the road to Emmaus, Jesus shows up. 
Jesus decides to tag along, except they don't recognize that it is Jesus. They think that it's some stranger that's visiting Jerusalem. They think that Jesus is this tourist. And so the question is, why does Jesus decide to tag along? If anyone deserves a break, if anyone deserves a vacation, if anyone deserves some time off, it would be Jesus on this day of all days. But Jesus decides to tag along and take this seven-mile walk with these two disciples. Why? Every so often, I get a grocery list from my wife. And if you know me, you know I don't like shopping. But I do it because I love my wife. Some days are more challenging than others. There was this one day, she gave me a list and there was only two items. And I'm like, this is going to be a great day. And so the first item on the list was one can of baking soda. And so I go to Foodland. And of course, I don't know where to go. I don't know which aisle to go in. And if you've been to Foodland, it is nearly impossible to find any help. And finally, I find some employee and, and I say, hey, excuse me, where's the baking soda? And they say, oh, it's down there. And I'm like, what? Down there, it's, it's in the baking aisle. And they just leave me. They leave me to fend for myself. And so I finally find the baking aisle. And I look. Did you know that there's, a, there's baking soda and there's baking powder? I'm like, I'm confused now. What am I supposed to grab? And so that's the first item. The next item that was on the list, it gets worse. Is, a, is one box of maxi pads. And I'm thinking, I'll just go to Long's for this box of maxi pads. It'll be cheaper there, right? And so, same thing. I get to Long's. It's nearly impossible to find any help. Finally, I find an employee and I say, hey, where is the feminine hygiene products? And they say, it's on this particular aisle. I'm like, cool. And I get to the aisle. And it's a monster of an aisle. <laughs> and there's, there's maxi pads on the left of this aisle, maxi pads on the right of this aisle, maxi pads on the top shelf, maxi pads on the middle shelf, maxi pads on the bottom shelf. There's maxi pads here, maxi pads there, maxi pads everywhere. <laughs> and, and upon further inspection... I realize also that every box is different. There's thin maxi pads and thick maxi pads and extra thick maxi pads. There's scented maxi pads and unscented maxi pads. There's maxi pads with wings and maxi pads with no wings. There's short maxi pads and long maxi pads and extra long maxi pads. And I'm thinking, this is a conspiracy. I'm thinking, why send us, send us down this aisle to humiliate us?
But now my um, experience as, at Walmart and at Home Depot is quite different. You see, when I go to Walmart or Home Depot and I need help, I can find those employees pretty quickly. I just look for the, the blue vest or the orange apron. And I go to them and I say, excuse me, can you help me find this item? And these guys at Walmart and Home Depot, they're trained well. What they do is they don't just point me in the right direction. They actually walk with me down to the correct aisle. And not only do they walk with me down the correct aisle, they actually walk me down and, and, and help me to find the exact product. And that's Jesus. He doesn't leave us to fend for ourselves. He walks down the aisle with us. And so this is what Jesus did for these two disciples. Take a look again at Luke chapter 24. I I highlighted in blue some Jesus with them moments. Check this out. Jesus walked along with them. Jesus asked them questions. He, He engaged in conversation with them. Jesus explained things to them. Jesus stayed with them. Jesus ate at the table with them. Jesus talked with them. And the bottom, I think the bottom line is this. Jesus was present. Jesus didn't leave them to figure things out on their own. A couple of disciples were downcast. They were distraught, disheartened, depressed. They had lost hope. There was this overwhelming sense of hopelessness. And Jesus shows up because his friends needed him. And by showing up, Jesus conveys this powerful message. I have not forgotten you. I care about you. I am with you. Now, Jesus could have ignored them. After all, he really does deserve a vacation. Still, Jesus walks with them these seven miles. Jesus chooses to be with them in their hour of need and in their greatest moment of pain and brokenness and loneliness. And in doing so, Jesus communicates through his actions I have not forgotten you. I care about you. I am with you. And on this Easter Sunday, 2019, some 2,000 years later, the Lord still conveys this powerful message to you and I. I have not forgotten you. I care about you. I am with you. To the person whose marriage is struggling, perhaps the Lord is saying to you this morning, 
I have not forgotten you. I care about you. I am with you. To the teenager who feels misunderstood and alone, perhaps the Lord is saying to you this morning, I have not forgotten you. I care about you. I am with you. To the person who might be tired or restless or angry, or depressed, or empty, or broken, or worried. Perhaps the Lord is saying to you this morning, I have not forgotten you. I care about you. I am with you. And God communicated this message most definitively in the form of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ His Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. But hell and death and the grave could not hold Jesus, for on the third day, on Easter Sunday, Jesus rose again. And through His actions, perhaps God is saying to us this morning, I have not forgotten you. I care about you. I am with you. How many of you have eaten at Chick-fil-A? Anybody? No? Oh, a lot of you. How many? Did you all enjoy it? Was it good? You all know that Chick-fil-A is coming to Hawaii? Yeah, they're, say, they're saying like next summer. Yeah, about five, six, or seven stores within the next two to three years. Pretty cool. Now, for those of you who have eaten at a Chick-fil-A restaurant in the mainland, you'll notice something. When a customer says thank you, their response is always, my pleasure. It's not, you're welcome. It's not, no problem. It's not, no worries. It's always, my pleasure. This past Thursday, Raf and I got to sit in on this informational meeting at Chick-fil-A. And uh, there was this Chick-fil-A restaurant owner. And he was presenting And he was talking about this my pleasure culture at Chick-fil-A. And then he shared a story. He said this. He said, one day I was at my Chick-fil-A restaurant. And the men's urinal was clogged. And so I said, I'll take care of it. It's my pleasure. And then he went on to explain. You see, you have to understand that this guy is like the restaurant owner. He's like the big boss. Like he could like order any of his employees to unclog that clogged urinal. But instead he chooses to say, I'll take care of it. It's my pleasure. And then he went on to explain. He said, What pleasure is there in unclogging a clogged urinal? I mean, 
Who would find pleasure in that? And he said this. He said, because it is in service to others. It is my pleasure to do it if it means that someone else on my team doesn't have to. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure to unclog that urinal if it means that someone else on my team doesn't have to do it. It's my pleasure. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says this. It says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. I've always found that word joy in this verse kind of puzzling. Like, what joy is there in enduring the cross? Who finds joy in enduring the cross? And perhaps it's because it is in service to others. Maybe it is Jesus' joy, it it is Jesus' pleasure to endure the cross if it means that you and I won't have to endure it. Maybe by Jesus enduring the cross, it brings him pleasure because it means that you and I don't have to endure the cross. It is Jesus' joy. It is Jesus' pleasure to endure the cross. You see, every single one of us have sinned. The Bible says that for all have sinned. Every single one of us, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Every single one of us deserves death. But Jesus says, I'll take care of it. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure to endure the cross so that hope doesn't have to endure it. It's my pleasure to endure the cross if it means Abigail doesn't have to endure it. It's my pleasure to endure the cross if it means that Danae doesn't have to endure it. It's my pleasure to endure the cross, Jesus says, if it means that Julia doesn't have to endure it. It's my pleasure, Jesus says, to endure the cross if it means you And I don't have to endure it. That's the powerful message of Easter. Jesus endured the cross. But death and the grave could not hold Jesus. For on the third day, Jesus rose again. 
And today, Jesus is alive. And Jesus desires to walk with you. And the question this morning is this. Will you walk with him? Let us pray.